Hey there, exhausted listeners. Before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to join our Recharged Educators online community. It's a great place where we share ideas, celebrate successes, build each other up, and just support each other like crazy. It's free and it's beneficial. We would love for you to join us. You can find information to join in the show notes below. Thank you for all you do out there in education land. We appreciate you. Now on with the show. To all the exhausted village, I'm, that's what I'm going to call your fans, Kyle. The exhausted village. Shout out to the exhausted educator. <laughs> this is a Holding On To Learning LLC production. Woo! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You're going to love the exhausted educator. <laughs> What is going on, Education Heroes? Thank you for springing in to the Exhausted Educators Show. We are enjoying some springtime-like weather where I'm at, finally, in Delaware. Hopefully you've got somewhere you're at, too. It allows you to get outside and do some fun activities. It allows you to smell some flowers. Actually, take a minute and smell the roses. This episode is going to come up all roses. But not thanks to me, thanks to the amazing guest who joined our Recharged Educators community for a live session. This episode will be a recording of that live session. You're going to love what Laura Rizzo has to say. She's an amazing person. She's actually a Recharged Educators community member, and she spent a good uh, 45 minutes with our community going over a wide variety of things. You know, from SEL love for your students and love for yourself, despite the challenging times that you might be going through. It's everything from and giving you ideas on like an individual pep rally for yourself to get yourself going to dancing at the end. It's interesting. This episode, because we wanted to be, it's a live session. We had audience participation from some of our community members. It's going to look a little different on the YouTube version versus the audio podcast. Let me explain that. So when you get into this interview, you're going to hear Laura go through and give us some general information about SEL. And then also, if you're on the audio podcast, you're going to hear some input from our community members. However, because I wasn't really comfortable putting some of our community members on YouTube video, I've cut some of those pieces out. So you're going you're gonna to see, either way, there's going to be some cutting and chopping because I wanted to cut out some of the fluff maybe in between, and you're going to get a more streamlined version of what this uh, live show actually was. I think you're going to really love listening to her and all the amazing things she has to share. Before I introduce her, though, I want to share this with you. Speaking of live shows, mark your calendar, May 3rd, 8.30 Eastern p.m., 5.30 on the West Coast. We'd love for you to join us because Aman Ra is going to be with us. He's gonna, he is known as the revolutionary principal, and he's going to talk about building a revolutionary culture within your school. He is doing some innovative things that will blow you away. You know, things like pulling in businesses to help out the school community in one way or another. 
He's hooked up with L.A. Clippers, the NBA, for crying out loud. Music artists. When you're in Los Angeles, I guess you have access to some extra things. If you're willing to do the extra work, and he has, and it's making a huge difference. His school that he has pretty much built on his own has really been going places. It has taken off, and he's getting all kinds of accolades for it, and rightly so. He is going to be with us in our Recharge Educators community for a live session. You also get a chance to ask him questions as you need, whatever any, whatever information you want to find out from him, and he'll be there. So what you can do is register. You're going to need to register for that event, and it'll be in the show notes below. Even if you're a community member, still got to register for this one. This dude is big time, and we got to kind of have an idea of how many people are going to be on this live session. So register, it's just a quick, you know, one, two question registration, and we'll make sure that you get the information that you need to join us May 3rd. I hope you, I hope you do. It's going to be great. Let me tell you a little more about our amazing guest, Laura Rizzo. Laura Rizzo is a counselor in El Paso, Texas. She is just an incredibly compassionate person but she's really enthusiastic and energetic. She does public speaking on top of her counseling. She's out there in schools with kids, working with kids beyond her own school. She does professional development sessions for people all over the place. She is really, really big, and we are really, really fortunate to have her in our community and to have her lead a session, a live session for our community. I will tell you this. The feedback that I got from the people who attended were just blown away. And they, to a person, were saying, this is exactly what I needed. This is exactly what I needed to get recharged, to get going again. She is inspirational. If you haven't been keeping up with some of our previous episodes, she was a guest back in, I think it was November, right before Thanksgiving, She was awesome there, too. So if you want to go back and listen to her interview there, she's just a really good person. She brings so much energy and enthusiasm, and she's all about love yourself. Love your students. Her personal journey is just filled with perseverance because she's had so many challenges in her life. She keeps plugging on, and she keeps preaching this message of love. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to love listening to this live session. She's so amazing. I give you the amazing Laura Rizzo. Future-wise, the power of emotional love is what I've been, you know, um, presenting to the teachers, elementary schools, middle schools, and they are just taking it in with a lot of love. Um, The power of social-emotional love is about moments of loving yourself, and moments of, you know, taking advantage of just loving on the kids, loving on your own kids at home and loving your students. Whatever you take from this, you can use anywhere because it's all the power of love and just social emotional love and really touching the hearts before you can touch the minds. Um A little bit about me. This is my 18th year in education. I was a basketball, volleyball, and softball coach for 10 years. And I had my my administration degree, but I didn't use it because I wanted to continue working with kids for 20 plus years, 23 years now. 
I've been working with at-risk at youth programs since I was the age of uh, 17. Um, I'm out here in El Paso, but we always traveled to go do these leadership camps that I've been doing for 22 years, where we bring kids from all around the state of Texas and we just empower them. Leadership, 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 leadership. So a lot of what you see, a lot of what you know, I learned, I learned from these camps, Extreme Youth Leadership and Mothers Against Drunk Driving. So I'm going on 23, 24 years now volunteering for them. So I've always, you know, spoke to kids about making better choices. I've always spoken to people about just pouring love into one another. So that's why I call this the power of social emotional love. Um, and you can really take this and, and do with it, you know, what you need to do at home, at work, anything at all. So I hope you all enjoy um, I, I'm a proud Latina from, like I said, from here, from El Paso, very proud. Um, very recently, I just started, you know, speaking for some LGBT organizations, which is very inspiring to me because I, I see that as a moment to really, really touch on just how critical it is that we address this population in our teens because of the pandemic the suicide and depression rate rose by more than 100%. You're going to see some statistics today related to social emotional learning um, and, and some similarities between that and emotional intelligence. So I, I really hope that you take from it what you need to take and reflect on it and answer the questions on the, on the document as, as best as you can. So the first question I have for you all, and um, you can type it in the document, or you can uh, put it in the chat. But the first thing is, is uh, I do what I do because why? I do what I do because what? What's the answer to that? Why do you do what you do? Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're doing, Kyle, I'm not sure if, if we're all educators here. Are we all educators? So far we are. Yes. Okay. So why, why do you do what you do? I do what I do because. Yeah, that I just dropped in there. I, I love kids. Right. Like I love kids and uh, now I love just people in general. I'm able to work with people who work with kids. Uh, we also got love, make a different love, making a difference. It's a good one. <laughs> Someone says to pay the bills. Psych. Pay the bills. <laughs> love it. She followed up with, I love the kids and the fun they have. I love seeing kids get excited about new, like learning new things and nice. exploring new topics and things like that. Love it. Love it. Exploring new topics. So a lot of what we do, it's it's a time to to really just learn from kids, learn about ourselves, learn about why we started this journey to begin with. And I think sometimes along the way, educators tend to forget because they have so much going on. They tend to forget the reasons why they started. Um, but they also forget to take care of themselves because without taking care of ourselves, we cannot possibly take care of our children. Got one more here, Rizzo. Uh, to inspire kids who like, who look like me and come from backgrounds like me. To show mm -hmm. kids who don't like look like me, I think is what I was supposed to say, that there's kindness and understanding in everyone. Oh, love that. Love that. So let's, some snaps. <laughs> Some snaps for that answer. Love that. So these are all amazing answers. I hope that by the time you leave here today, you leave one with an empowered heart to continue doing what you're doing, number one. But number two, more than anything, 
um, bring these uh, phrases, these uh, strategies that I'm going to show you into your classrooms, bring them into your homes, bring them into every single workplace that you have from now till the end of your life. And I know for me as a high school counselor, that's not something that I'm going to retire in. I, I'm gonna, I want to continue. I want to continue to grow, consult, be a speaker. So I know I'm going to use this forever. So it's going to be very easy for you to remember the power of social emotional love. If you don't know social emotional learning, here's the SEL 101. SEL is composed of five different competencies. Self-awareness, responsible decision-making, social awareness, self-management, relationship skills. And back in the 90s, the Collaborative of Academic Social and Emotional Learning came up with these competencies and they introduced these competencies to education. Problem was, is that since 1994, these competencies weren't really a thing. Social emotional learning was just a term. It wasn't something that we really needed to implement, that we needed to put into the school system. It wasn't until the pandemic when schools saw a rise in depression, anxiety, suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts, hospitalizations, mental, really mental health awareness, that social emotional learning came into play. And so we had to be reactive to a problem that we should have been proactive about to begin with. And if you're anything like me, I have been teaching life before content since I first started, since day one. Since day one, I promised myself that I would teach life before content to all of my kiddos, no matter what, no matter where they came from, no matter who they were, no matter what they look like, I would always teach life before content because somehow, some way, our stories can relate to those whom we teach, those souls that we touch, those, those souls that need to hear that they're going to be okay, no matter the obstacle, no matter the life circumstances. So this is the power of social emotional love, putting self-awareness in the center of the heart. Self-awareness, because if you can reach and, and help a student or your own child with self-confidence, self-identity, self, uh, 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 really being aware of their strengths, their areas, areas that they need to grow, really making them aware that they need to love themselves before anything else and everything else falls into place. All these other competencies will fall into place if we put this at the center, if we start with self-love, if we start with self-respect, if we start with everything that is related to the self, self-love is one of the most critical things that our generation, this generation is lacking. And that is why they fall into deep depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety. So let's practice this real quick. So this is a strategy that you can do and it takes one minute, literally one minute. So everybody's gonna unmute their mics. And when I count to three, um, you're gonna repeat after me. And you're going to look at the camera, even if you're not looking at one person, you're going to look straight into the camera and you're going to say, you look great today. <laughs> Go ahead and repeat it after me. One, two, three. You look great today. You look, you great, look great today. today. Awesome. You are amazing. You, you are, are amazing. amazing. You will overcome. You, you will, will overcome. overcome. 
You will have an amazing week. You will have an amazing week. You can make anybody's day with a simple smile. You can make anybody's day with a simple smile. And last but not least, you are brave. You are brave. You are brave. And so in one minute, you can take a person's mood from no mood to just, all right, let's do this. Energy, love, smiles, silliness. All it took was a little silliness. And one minute of just compliment after compliment after compliment that begins with the word you, because we need to tell each other that we are special, that we will overcome, that we can do anything we set our minds to do. And how amazing is it if we can share just one minute of love every single day in schools, kids will walk around with high confidence. They will walk around with smiles on their faces. One minute of love. That's all it takes. Just one minute of love. So you can practice that at home. You can practice that in your classrooms. You can practice that anywhere. I'm constantly pouring love into people. And they're so amazed that, you know, they're like, oh my God, like, you know, like, like if I hadn't, if they had a bad day and I just made their day. Oh, you look amazing. You look, just simple compliments. One minute of love. One minute of love. That's all it takes. When we're talking about norms in our classroom and we're talking about norms at home, it's just the normal, the normal, normal behaviors that we should have in our classrooms. So many times as a teacher, I always hated using the word rules. Why? Because I wasn't a dictator. I wasn't going to, you know, tell the kids what to do. I wanted our classroom environment to be a good family environment, an environment where they feel welcomed, an environment where they know they can love themselves and they can love their purpose. So for, for the next 30 minutes, I want y'all to, to be brave. I want y'all to, to answer as much as you can. I want you to try to be vulnerable, but more than anything, I want you to love yourself and love your purpose because that purpose even if we don't know what our purpose is at the age of 15, 16, we, we find through our life experiences what our purpose is. So love yourself, love your purpose. Something about social emotional learning. It's important to human development of kids in which they build skills and attitudes to healthy identities, managing emotions and achieving personal and lifelong goals. Nowhere in the definition of social emotional learning, does it say they're going to build those academic goals? It says they're going to build and achieve personal and lifelong goals. So we're teaching our generations life before content. We're teaching them to be strong emotionally, to be strong socially, then to be strong academically, then to be strong academically. When we're looking at these competencies, uh, I'm just going to, we're not going to focus too much on the competencies, but I just want you to pay very close attention to, to CASEL, the Collaborative of, of, of Academic and Social Emotional Learning. So pay attention to this wheel uh, that, that CASEL um, um, put out, okay? Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Now, if you're looking at this wheel, compare it to emotional intelligence. You have self-awareness, the ability to recognize our emotions, strengths, and limitations and their impact on those around you. Self-regulation. This is just like self-management. 
allows you to wisely manage your emotions and impulses. And then I'm going to skip up here. Social skills. Okay. Social skills is just like relationship skills. Same thing. Social skills, effective at managing relationships that benefit everyone involved. And last but not least, motivation and empathy. So although they're different, they're one in the same. And castle and emotional intelligence are one in the same. We teach our kids to be aware of their strengths, their weaknesses, their areas of growth. We can teach them everything else, how to regulate those emotions. We can teach them how to have empathy for other people. We can teach them to be motivated. See, I don't consider myself a motivator. I consider myself somebody that inspires others to motivate themselves because that motivation needs to come from within. And one of the lessons that I teach to youth, to kids, ages, uh, uh, you know, fifth grade and above is, is the power of, of having the greatness inside them. And I use Captain America and the word hero. I use Captain America because one of the things he says is there is greatness inside you. And so that, you know, I shift that lesson into motivation and really how we have to be a hero for ourselves before we can be a hero for anybody else. So really emotional intelligence, if we can teach our kids emotional intelligence, everything else will fall into place. Everything else will fall into place. So we're going to do some movement, okay? Y'all are going to close your eyes, squat, whether it, be, whether it be near your bed or if you're driving, please don't squat while you're driving, but you're going to squat. <laughs> while I'm reading this story, you're going to be squatting but you're going to have your eyes closed. So I'm going to read the story to you. I'm going to stand up for the sake of the fact that I like to move around when I'm reading the story. And as I'm reading the story to you, um, you're squatting and the purpose is for you to feel pain. Uh, and not because I want to hurt you, but I want you to see the moral of the story at the very end. So I'm going to turn off. I'm just going to put myself here so that I'm not looking at anybody. This is a, a, an activity that will really show you the kind of pain that kids are feeling. If we were doing this in person, I would tap you once and you could stand up and keep your eyes closed. But we're not going to do that part. If you're, gonna, if, you, if you're tapped twice, you open your eyes. And I can totally share this activity with you all for your teachers, you know, professional development and whatnot. It, it really works out at the very end with the moral of the story, what we need to be aware of and the, the pain that our kids might be feeling that we're not even aware because they won't even mention it to us. So that's why with Rizzo, you get nothing but transparency and vulnerability. And I am transparent and vulnerable because of the fact that I know that there's some kids out there that don't tell me what they're going through. But if they know that I can relate to them in some way, they come to me. And then they tell me what they're going. So you're going to have your eyes closed. If I call on your name, you can stand up, but keep your eyes closed. Okay. Then if I call on your name again, Kyle, are you going to do this one with us? Yeah, I'm going to try best I can around my equipment. So if I call your name once, you stand up and keep your eyes closed. If I call your name twice, that's when you can open your eyes. Okay. You can open your eyes. So I'm just going to make sure my names are all open. All right. So here we go. Everybody go ahead and squat. Try to empty your head. Forget about the stresses in your life. Forget about any problems that you might have carried with you into the room for just a few moments. 
Forget about all the millions of little things you have to do when you leave this Zoom and before you go to sleep tonight. Allow yourself to relax. Take a deep breath if you need to. Then try to think of something pleasant. Think about your career and the vast amounts of possibilities you have to make a difference in a child's life, to save one life at a time. What will you do this school year for your students and peers to feel you support them? Choices, decisions, where will you go for vacation during the summer? Think of your day so far. Did you have a good breakfast? What will you do for lunch tomorrow? What does your body need? Do you get what your, your body needs? Do you eat well-balanced meals? Think of those kids that may get fed well at school, but what about at home? A large number of kids go to school hungry every day, day in and day out, not just for food, but for nourishment. Maybe the simple affection of a peer, maybe a simple smile, acknowledging that they are actually there. They don't have many choices. They'll never have money to go to college, no money, no desire. They'll never face big decisions. The quality of life is not even an issue when a person is trying to survive merely until tomorrow. One more day, still hoping that someone will talk to them in the hallway. Invite them to a football game or a study session. Who are these invisible kids just waiting to be touched by your presence, invited, included, and accepted by their own peers. Can you imagine the emotional pain that they must endure day in and day out? It hurts in every center of their being. Every center of their being. It hurts mentally. It hurts physically. They feel it in their legs when they cramp up because they don't get enough sleep. They feel it everywhere. They don't get enough food. They don't get enough support. It is painful. And they wonder if it will ever end. <clears throat> Sometimes they see people who have no pain. They see people who stand free and strong, but who are completely blind to what is happening around them. These people are blind, but the others see. They continue to wonder if the pain will ever stop, if this life will ever end. Some of you have already been called to stand up. You have experienced the presence of a hand that has eliminated your pain. Some of you can now open your eyes. You're not only out of pain, but you are fully aware with your eyes open. You see, without question, those who are in pain, you see them and you see them. You begin to slowly realize how important a single touch can be. You realize the power that a single touch can have. With the single touch, you can relieve the pain of the one who suffers and open the eyes of the one who is blind. And you realize the freedom you have to move, the freedom you have to choose. You're free to touch someone else. And we're all free to touch the hungry people of the world and bring them from darkness into light. You may now all open your eyes. See, the, the, in, in processing this activity, we're, we're in constant pain when we're squat, squatting. And normally, I would take a little bit longer if I was in person with you all. Take a little bit longer to just ask you to stand up and relieve you of your pain. But how many times do we see kids out there, not, not we, but do we know that there's kids out there that are in that kind of pain and they just don't speak up, they won't tell you. 
So that's why it's so important to teach our kids to love on one another and for us to take the first five minutes or last minute, last five minutes in class to just love on them. Ask them about their day, about how their night went. Ask them about their personal things. Ask them anything relatable to life. Because we don't know if they had somewhere to sleep last night. We don't know if they didn't get a meal last night. We don't know some of these things. Those people that stood up and, and you kept your eyes closed. These are the kids that, that they know that somebody's in pain, but they, they just, they, they don't know how to help. So they don't do anything. They don't know how to help. They go around, they, they, they don't feel the pain, but they, they don't realize that these other kids need just a lending hand to reach out and touch them, touch their hearts touch their minds, touch their souls. And they don't have that desire to, to make that difference, to save one life at a time. And those that stand up and they have their eyes open and you're able to, like I said, in person, you know, you would go touch other people and have them and relieve them of their pain. Those people, those are the students who are not afraid to take that step to make a difference. These are your top leaders that no matter what, no matter what, they're going to make a difference in their community, no matter what they're going through. But how do we help them? Who do they choose to help? Do they help their friends? Do they help the ones who are in the greatest amount of pain? So let's teach in our classrooms, first five minutes, last five minutes. Let's teach love. Let's teach how to reach out for help. Let's teach them that they need to go to their counselors if they ever have anything that they need to talk about. And so that's the purpose of that activity, that those that are in constant pain, sometimes just they don't know how to reach out. They don't know who to talk to. Did y'all like that? Was that different? Was that interesting? <laughs> Loved it. My thighs I are burning that, like crazy, though. I, I did that with elementary teachers. Y pobrecitas, they, they just they couldn't take the pain anymore. So I started relieving them of their pain a little bit faster than, you know, than I would. So like I said, if we were in person, you know, this this um, this would be a lot a lot more heartfelt um, because of the fact that you you feel that pain and, and you're just wondering who else is in pain the whole time that your eyes are closed. Who else is in pain? But once you stand up and you open your eyes, you just want to relieve people of their pain. So let's find those kids whose pain we need to relieve. Let's find those kids who might not say something, but we know that they're in pain. We know that they're in pain. Rizzo, we got a question in the chat. Yes. I want to know, uh, would you do this activity even with like uh, the, like first graders? With first graders, I would change the story around. I did it with fourth graders and I did it with fifth graders and it went well, but I changed a lot of the wording around. Um, obviously, you know, they, they laugh, they tend to be silly. <laughs> they laugh a little bit. So I would definitely shorten it, but um, you know, I, I truly believe bringing that, that seriousness to just how much of, uh, of pain their, their peers might feel. I had a conversation with a fourth grader and man, I mean, the kid is not even nine years old and the kind of pain that he has had to endure. I didn't do it with them, but I did do it with their teachers. I did with the kids a different activity. So if y'all are looking for activities, um, I did do a different one with, with fourth graders. And 
I mean, this kid had gone through five different step parents in the last five years, um, stepdads, and and just didn't have a stable environment. And so when I when I asked for that one person that, that has really made a difference in their lives, I mean, you know, I mean, what what could he say? He hardly sees his mom. He loves his mom, but he hardly sees his mom because she's a truck driver. So um, there's there's different kinds of activities. You can try it, but I have not done it with first graders. I did alter it with, like I said, with the fourth and fifth graders. I wish my teacher knew. Can I move on? Is there any any, any other questions, Kyle? No, I think you're good. So I wish my teacher knew. If y'all haven't seen this on YouTube, look it up. A teacher asked her students, what do you want me to know? What, what do you want me to know about you? And she had tons of anonymous notes. She said, don't write your name. I just want to know, what do you want me to know about you? Like I said, taking the first five minutes or last five minutes of class to ask them about their life, to ask them about something personal to them. So some of the answers where I have arthritis, sometimes I can't do everything like the other kids. I tend to not let that stop me from doing things. I wish my teacher knew sometimes my reading is not signed because my mom is not around. Um, I wish my teacher knew, and then um, we did it at, at school. You know, I wish my teacher knew that I can't do my homework all the time because I don't, I, I leave the house at 4 a.m. and I don't get home until 11 p.m. at night. Where I, where I work, we have several kids that cross the border to come to school. Um, so we're here by in Juarez and they cross the border at four or five in the morning and then they get back home about, you know, seven or eight o'clock at night. These kids are just striving for a better life. And sometimes we're so hard on them for not coming to school, for misbehaving, that we don't take the time to ask. And I say we as a general population, general education, education in general, take the time to ask not why are you misbehaving, but what happened to you? What happened to you that you you act this way? What happened to you? And so... What I want to do is try this with you also. If you have a sheet of paper at the very top, and I want this to be a reminder for you for every day. If you don't have a sheet of paper, you can do it in your notes on your computer or on your phone. But I wish my kids knew. And I'm going to write my kids because I want you to not only think of your students, if you are educators, but your own kids as well. If you don't have kids, I wish my family knew. I wish um, I wish my kids knew. And then you're going to finish that sentence with around it so many different things that they probably don't realize that you go to sleep thinking of them, thinking of them, praying for them, that you go to sleep just hoping that they're okay. So this is called I wish my kids knew. And what you do is you're going to pretend that your campus is graded not on state testing, but rather the impact that you make on the families and the kids in your community, the kids in your school. So what do you want them to hear before you ever teach them your classroom content? And then we'll share a little bit. So I'll give you all about one minute and then I, I want to hear some answers. I'm doing it as well so I can share a little bit. All right, and time to share. I'm going to share some of mine. I wish my kids knew that I want them to be successful. I wish my kids knew that I worry about them 
And I wish my kids knew how hard my job is, but I still do it for them. Anybody else want to share? I tweaked it a little bit, Rizzo, because my role is a little bit different. I'm not, I'm in class, okay. in classrooms every day, but my job is to support those who are working with the, um, working with the kids. So I said, you know, I wish the staff knew how important they are and how much I want them to succeed. Awesome. Anyone else? I'll share. I said, I wish um, that my kids and my daughter knew that, um, I, that I constantly worry that I'm not doing the most that I can as a mom and teacher so that my daughter and my students can be the best versions of themselves. Mm. Mm. Good one. Good one. One more. Anybody else? We got one mm. in the chat, Rizzo. Uh, I wish my students knew that I want them to be successful. Mm. Love it. Love it. And so in order for us to help our students grow, we need to grow as well. We need to love ourselves. We need to pour into our own cup. Think of the last time that you poured into your own cup by ensuring that you did something self-care, something for you, something that makes you happy. We take from our cup and we give and give and give and give and give and give to other people. But we give some of that self-care away, some of that self-love, some of that self, just we give some of ourselves away because of the profession that we're in. And then we, we may get told nasty comments. We may be, get told, you know, we may be judged for certain things that we do, certain things we wear, certain things that we believe in. We get judged. We, uh, we, we go through obstacles that we don't think we're ever going to go through. And we think, man, how am I going to overcome this one? How am I going to, how am I going to surpass this obstacle? How am I going to continue? And so we start losing some of that self-love, some of that self-care. And you don't even realize it. You don't realize that you're losing it because you're giving so much and you're not focused on what you have to do for yourself. So what do we do? We have to pour positivity into us. We have to constantly remind ourselves that whatever we do, we do it with pride. We do it with joy. We have to constantly remind ourselves that we need to take care of ourselves, that we need to love ourselves, love our purpose, love every single thing about us that makes us who we are. Love every failure, failure, because failure is part of success. And little by little, we continue to pour into our cup so that every time we lose that self-love, that self-care, we continue to pour right back into it. But how, Rizzo, how do I do that? You write, you write those, those positive self messages constantly over and over again. If you walk into my office, I have a plexiglass that has nothing but self-talk on it. So that when I'm talking to kids about self-talk and ensuring that they're positive, I'm not just another counselor telling them. I actually do it. And so because I do it, they want to do it with me. So while you're doing the first five minutes, last five minutes of class or professional development on focusing on life lessons, they're sharing a little bit about themselves. Then we share a little bit about ourselves. So on your document, I put L-O-V-E, the definition of love and the acronym of love as I come to understand it. What, the way I come to understand it, the L is for learning and listening. Learn from your students or staff 
listen to them, learn from their experiences, learn from their homes, learn from them and listen to them as a human being. One of the saddest conversations that I heard is a pastor uh, from my church that was talking about how she was counseling a teenager and the teenager said to her, I just wish that my mom would just listen to me. I understand that there's rules at home. I understand that I have to follow those rules, but she didn't even give me a chance. She says that that's just the way that it is because she's the mom. And it, how much are our kids yearning for us to just listen to them? And what can we do? We tell them, what do I want my teacher to learn about me? Challenge them to give you one thing. Challenge them and challenge your staff. If, if you're like Kyle in a different position, challenge your staff to tell you those first five minutes, last five minutes of PD or a classroom to tell you one thing that they want you to learn about them. So that's what the L is for. The O, overcome. We teach them to overcome, but we must overcome as well. We teach them to overcome obstacles that they may face in their teen years. Because of why? Because we've overcome so much already. And at some point in your life, you failed at something and you got right back up again and did it all over again. So let's teach them to get back up when they fall, to get back right back up when they fall. So a little strategy is to replace your negatives with positives. So where it says notes at the bottom of my key points on the document or in your phone, something you can write is I am no longer going to be fearful. I am going to go into everything with strength with wisdom and with courage. And you teach them, this could be a quick write, to replace those negative thoughts with positive ones. I am no longer going to be afraid of failing. I am going to try my best to learn from my failures. And so you replace these negatives with positives. So y'all can try that. <clears throat> whenever you can try that. I don't know if we'll have enough time to share a few, but if you do write some down, I'll ask you to share in a little bit. Rizzo, we had uh, some, something in the chat tell me, uh, tell me. from earlier that kind of goes along well with this. We, we, it didn't hit it until now. It says uh, back to you know what we wish our students knew. Yes. So I, I wish my students knew how difficult it is to stay positive in a job where negativity is taking over each day. Mm. Mm. It goes along well with exactly what you're talking about. How difficult is it to stay positive? And that's why we have to constantly pour on each other, pour into yourself, pour into other people. Once you have poured into yourself in order to stay positive, I think, I mean, so many people walk in, walk up to me and say, how do you maintain that positivity? Well, without sharing too much, I, I do share, you know, that my faith has gotten me through a lot of obstacles that I probably wouldn't have gotten through. But more than anything, the positivity comes from knowing that I just can't control certain situations in my life. So I need to worry about those things that I have control over and ensure that I maintain a positive attitude towards that, that I'm constantly writing to myself, Laura, or just, you know, Rizzo. Um, you, you can do this. You will overcome. I'm constantly writing in my journal about things that I need to improve on, things that I need to do. 
And so we constantly have to remind ourselves to maintain that it's all in the mindset, maintain that positivity, maintain that, 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 that straight path to, to self care, because if we take care of ourselves, then we can take care of our students. But first we must take care of ourselves. That's a, that's a great thought. I mean, you know, in education, you see it so often, right? And some people are, are just the negative Nancy's that come into work and they find a problem with every, for every solution is, is, you know, one of the quotes that I read on, on negativity, you find a problem to every solution. They find something wrong with everything that's right. So how do we help them not change? Because some people like that just don't change, but how do we help ourselves not fall into those cracks of thinking the negative? We continue to learn from our experiences. We continue to learn from everything that comes to us. But more than anything, we have to constantly write. And that's why I put so many reflections on here on this sheet, because I think it's, it's, it's obvious and important that we need to constantly reflect on the things that we can do better. Valuing. Can I move on? Can I move on, guys? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay, Go are y'all liking this? You're a little quiet. You're, cru to do you're crushing it. We're gonna have to do a little dance in a little bit because that's <laughs> part of my intro. And I didn't get to, I didn't get to do that today. So value, we value ourselves, and then we value them. We value the past experiences. We value their past failures. We value every single failure because fa failures are part of success. We value the kids' future. We value their thoughts, their opinions. But more than anything, this one right here. That one right there is super, super critical. Value yourself. Value everything that you are, because without that, that's when teachers start to become negative. They don't value themselves enough to, to say, you know, I can make a difference in this kid. I can make a difference in my school. I can make a difference in my own life. They'd rather just fall through the cracks and they'd rather just be negative about everything that they see and everything they, that they come to work in. So we have to value ourselves, but more than anything, we need to teach the kids to value themselves, that they are worth something, that they will be something. And last but not least, encouragement. When it relates to students, we encourage them daily. We encourage their activities, encourage their thoughts, their ideas, encourage them to build bright futures, encourage them to learn, encourage them to overcome and encourage them to value themselves. So self-care, I know that today you were going to learn, you know, a little bit more about, about self-care, but that's it. It's just, it's taking this, it's taking the, the love and learning from our mistakes, learning from everything that happens to us, overcoming all obstacles, valuing ourselves and encouraging ourselves. But I really wanted to throw the student component in there because they are the generation of tomorrow. They are the future. And if we can take care of ourselves, man, the power that we can have on our students by taking care of ourselves and taking care of them. In the reflections area on this handout, I put some facts for you. Students who participated in SEL programs compared to students not in SEL programs demonstrated increased academic achievement, improved attitude towards self and others, and increased social and emotional skills. 
It is essential, therefore, that as educators, we equip children with the knowledge and skills they need to be successful, not just academically, but also in life. This is research that has been done on social emotional learning. And then last but not least, y'all can read some of the other ones. Emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize, understand, and manage emotions. Earlier, I talked about emotional intelligence. To get ourselves here, to motivate ourselves, we have to begin to, with self-awareness. We have to. We have to begin with improving those things that we can improve and really growing those strengths. So that's emotional intelligence and how it relates to us, to ourselves, but more than anything, how it relates to social emotional learning. Rizzo, we got a, a comment in the, in the chat, a positive self-thought here. I'm no, longer, I'm no longer stressed about things that are not in my circle of control. I'm going to nourish my body and mind with the things I can control. Yes, yes, the things that we can control. I love it. I love it. So we need to worry about our self-care before anything else. And so today was about the power of touching your hearts, touching the kids' hearts, touching those around you, their hearts, far before touching each other's minds and taking care of everything that we are, everything that we do. And if I can tell you all a secret, Dr. Marsha Tate, who does uh, consulting on the brain, says that with more laughter and fun, you remain happier the rest of your life. You remain young, you remain happy, you, you just feel better. So try to find the joy in every single day. Out of the 10 things that went wrong today, challenge yourself to write two things that went right. Don't focus so much on the things that went wrong, but write the things that went well, the things that were in your favor. Gratitude list. We always do gratitude lists when the kids come into my office and they feel like they don't have enough. They feel like other kids have more than them. I say, all right, write it down. Give me 25 things that you're grateful for right now. So every time I feel like I'm not doing well for myself, every time I feel like I'm not good enough, I write everything that I'm grateful for because we have so much more that other kids right across that border right here, literally, literally I could drive 10 minutes and I'm in Mexico, have nothing compared to the kids that I teach. Nothing. And, and the kids that I teach are from poverty, so low socioeconomic statuses. And 10 minutes from here, I can go across the street and there's kids begging for money on the street because they don't have a home. They don't have parents. They, they, only, they don't even have a change of clothes. They have one pair of, of, of jeans, one shirt, one shoe. So how do we value ourselves? We value everything that we have become and we continue to strive for more. These are just some strategies that I like to give my educators on connecting, some connections of love. If y'all wanna take a screenshot of this, you can. Oh, and then I'm gonna, since I, since I have y'all here, I'll advertise myself, which is gonna be the next slide. I'll show you what that's about. But here's some connections of love. I'm not going to read through all of them, but, you know, turning off the phones is one of them. Just listening. Just listening. How do they know that we love them? Just listen to them. 
Um, take pictures of students involved in positive behavior to post in the hallways. Involve students in beautifying the school. Create an award to be presented weekly or bimonthly to a student who stuck their neck out to help others. Um, at the end of each day, set aside some time to write one positive experience. When I come to schools, we give this award to one teacher in the faculty that you walk into their classroom and all you see is nothing but love, warmth, kindness, smiles, joy, everything, 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 everything that is about being a hero to the students. And so I use social emotional love hero because, and of course I put my little hero symbol in there. It's Captain America because Captain America talks about greatness inside of you. And so there's these great teachers that constantly pour love into their kids, which I'm sure that a lot of us constantly do that, but there's always one teacher that shines. So when I come to schools and I do this, this professional development with teachers, we gift the SEL of hero of the month to one teacher. And then I leave some for the rest of the year so that they can do this monthly. So that's just my social emotional love hero. That's, that's me promoting myself a little bit, but that is what I have for you in terms of self-love, self-care, social emotional love. Laura Rizzo is pretty awesome, right? Wow, she's just got so much energy, so much love, so much compassion. She's just a good human, really good human. I want to tell you this. What was flushed out in our live session is the same thing I've heard from so many educators over the last year and beyond, to be honest with you. Just a lot of people saying, I didn't realize it was hard for others too. Sometimes working in education, you can feel like a, an island sometimes. You're in a building with others, but you're doing your thing inside your classroom. It does Sharing your challenges with others doesn't always pop up. And so sometimes people just don't realize other people are having similar challenges too. You're not alone. You're not alone. Be reflective, yes. Try to improve, absolutely but also celebrate your successes. It's really important. And love yourself. Give yourself grace and love your students. Easier, all of that's easier said than done. Just try to do the best you can for you and your students. I want to remind you real quick, we'd love to have you for our next live event, May 3rd. You can hook up by getting into the show notes down below and clicking on the link that's listed there to join, uh, to register to join that live session. We'd love to have you on. Aman Ra, he will inspire you. you oh, you're in for a treat, believe me. The revolutionary principle. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for jumping on with me. Thanks for listening to our recorded session. I hope you can jump in on our next live session. It's even better in person, believe me. It's so much better in person. It's probably not bad recorded, but because Laura's amazing but you want to jump in live. Let me remind you, take care of yourself so you can take care of them. Thanks a lot. Have a great one. Party time.
It's like sirens are going off in my head. We're going to try to just not be horrible. I'm watching you, exhausting entertainers. Always watching. Last Christmas. <laughs>